Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Watch the left field deep. Bam going back. Looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back. It's one out. So he's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. So now we can call him the voice of summer. We can call him the voice of your athletics. We can also call him a Hall of Famer. The great Ken Korak joins us from Houston. Buddy, congratulations. This is a big league honor. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Now you're getting a little carried away, but I do appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. No, I mean, Ken, look at the names and the people that you are joining in all the years. I mean, this isn't – we're not Podunk USA. We're one of the largest markets in the country. And when you get into this Hall of Fame, you're joining some of the greatest broadcasters who have ever lived. Well, and one of them I work with, of course, in Bill King, and I do appreciate that, Chris. And I just, you know, honestly, I just wanted to play whatever part I could play. And there's been such a legacy and tradition, like you said, of broadcasting. And um, I did my first game in the Bay Area, a high school game in Petaluma in the fall of 1980. So we're talking about uh, 39 years ago. And, you know, I have to tell you that, that you mentioned uh, a lot of the, the greats who uh, really uh, paved the way in the Bay Area, I think, in broadcasting, even going back to the 50s, uh, Chris. And so many of them were my idols. And you and I have talked about this a little bit, that uh, when I started working at KCBS in the, in the mid-'80s, um, it was intimidating in a way because I kind of felt like, how in, how in the world could I ever get as good as those guys? And that was, that was a difficult thing to, to kind of wrestle with at that point. And I think that, like all of us, you kind of come around to thinking that, uh, the only person you can be is yourself. You have to sink or swim by uh, being yourself in this business. Yeah, I'm looking at the names now, and, and it's really a who's who of people that have been in our industry, in our area. You, we, we actually talked about it down in Anaheim when you were first announced to be one of the finalists. What was it like when you finally got the call? Well, it was cool, and, and one of the things on, on Saturday is um, a couple people tweeted it. 
so actually, I actually found out before they made the official announcement, uh, they had a big radio day in the Bay Area over in the East Bay on Saturday that Stan Bunger, I believe, emceed. And then Ben Fong Torres made the announcement of the Hall of Famers. But, um, you know, Chris, it's, it's, if, you, if you think back at people like Bill King and Lon Simmons and Hank Greenwald, and I, I don't want to go on and on because I'm going to leave people out, uh, the Bay Area has a really special tradition from that standpoint. And I think if you think of these guys, uh, they went beyond just the nuts and bolts and calling play-by-play. I think there's, there was always this, this feeling about these guys that they, were, they, had, they brought a certain artistry to the broadcast, Chris, that they were cultured people. Um, you know, there was an erudition to their, their broadcasting, and they, you know, they took it to the next level. And that was one of the great things about working with Bill. So uh, it's just the Bay Area. You know, Chris, the Bay Area has been a really special place to me. And I don't know if I would have had uh, even a modicum of success if I had worked in a different market. Uh, it's just been a really good fit. And I, I just feel really privileged to have had the chance to work in the market. You know, I, I think about when you work next to somebody for a long time that you learn things from them. What do you think is the number one thing you learn from Bill King? Well, it's interesting you'd, you'd ask that because I think, I think the learning from Bill, much of it took place before I ever met him, which was one of the incredible things about working with him because I had literally listened to Bill for 30 years before we worked together. And so as a kid back in the 60s, if I tuned the radio in just right, I could listen to the Warrior games and the incredible descriptions and dedication and bill was a wordsmith as you know and i've written about it we've talked about it how bill would write a couple of new words in his scorebook before every game because he wanted to work those words into his vocabulary but when i work with him it was the passion uh you know bill never did anything halfway right he either it was love or hate for bill in his life and that's the way that he he lived he lived life on on its own terms on on his own terms but I think it was the passion that Bill brought to every broadcast and the preparation and the dedication. I, never, I mean, there were, like all of us, there were days in which he was better than other days, but he never took a day off. And I think that's one thing that uh, even when he got older, Chris, and you, know him, you knew him very well, that when he got older and he had the license maybe to, to mail it in, um, he was always dedicated to his preparation. So I think that's the... That's the one thing that stood out for me. And that's one thing that I think about for you is, and I don't think a lot of people, I mean, the big league lifestyle, it's not easy. It really isn't. And it's one thing when you're a young man making millions of dollars versus when you're older and the travel's not easy and going from town to town. The fact that you never mail it in, what does it mean to you to bring it every single night for this wonderful fan base who loves you so much? Well, I appreciate you saying that, but that's our obligation. After all, it's not the worst assignment in the world to go to the ballpark for a living. Uh, and I think you have to love it. I mean, there are days when you have to grind through it more than others, uh, like you would or any, anyone would do in, in their line of work. And when you're, you're tired or you haven't gotten a whole lot of sleep, but um, I think there's a certain discipline that you, you learn over the years. And that was a, a tough lesson for me to learn back in the minor league days. I did my first full season in the minor leagues in 1984. I had like three or four days off in five months, and that was a, a tough transition. But then you kind of get used to the routine of it, uh, Chris. And the other thing is I've, I work with really good people. Uh, the first assignment I had today when I got to the ballpark was recording the Bob Melvin show. 
and we're so lucky to have him. So when you're surrounded by uh, the people I've worked with and all the folks that make up our broadcasting team, like you know Vince and yourself and every all the engineers, Mike Baird and the rest of the gang, uh, and the A's have been incredible to work for, Chris, and that they've given me freedom to do my job. Uh, for 24 years, I haven't looked over my shoulder wondering what they were thinking. Uh, they've trusted me to tell their story, and that doesn't happen uh, every day in our business. Well, I'm going to knock on wood, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback on that. For all the years and all the different shows and all the different hours I have been on the air around the Oakland Athletics, I have never, ever had one person come up to me and say, because and I've said some critical stuff, uh, I've never had one person come up to me and say, hey, you can't say that or, hey, you can't do that. And it's one of the reasons why I left 95-7 the game and, and took this job to work for the A's full time. It, it's the trust that they have, and they allow us to do our jobs. Just how wonderful is that for them as our bosses, that they let us be who we are and they let us do it the way we think we know it's best? It's almost impossible to measure how much that means. Because if you to try to do a game looking over your shoulder or if your stomach is tied up in knots and you're worrying about what people are going to say in the front office, and my feeling has been you, you hired me to do a job, let me do my job, and if you feel like you can get somebody that uh, can do it better, then it would know, be time to make a change. And I think it's, it also speaks to the, the Bay Area, Chris, in that we're not expected to be homers. I mean, I think anyone who listens to an A's game knows that I've been closely associated with the team for all these years, and we enjoy it when the team plays well. But there has never been an expectation, uh, like, for instance, that we call the team we or us, or that we blatantly root for the ball club. And I think that's one of the reasons why working in the Bay Area has been so attractive to me. And then I think also your time doing other sports. You know, a lot of A's fans just think of you as Ken Korak, the voice of the athletics, the voice of summer. But, you know, for my beloved San Jose State, you did football at San Jose State. You did some really big college basketball games when UNLV was riding high and they were one of the top uh, programs in the country. Talk about the other sports you've done in your career. Well, thanks, Chris. And it was great hearing from, I heard from so many people from down in San Jose and the San Jose State people have been wondering, uh, wonderful the last three or four days. So and Lawrence Fan is still there. Uh, well before you played for the Spartans and I was doing games, you know, Lawrence was the sports information director. Uh, he's been there for 40 years now, literally. Uh, well, I never set out in the business to focus on one sport. As a kid growing up, I was equally a fan of football and baseball and basketball, and, and so I idolized people like, like Bill, who did all three. Dick Enberg, I think, was one of the, the great uh, multi-sport broadcasters, and he was a real hero of mine, so... I figured I wanted to give this business my best shot. I didn't know if I'd get a break, Chris, or if I did, uh, where the break would come, if it would be in, in one of the other sports. So I, I tried to be um, equally dedicated to all three. And I was lucky, I think, for about 22 years, I was able to do all three uh, during the same year. Tell us the difference between doing all three, because all three, are it's a different style. It's just, it's just, it's just different. It is what it is. It is. But I think if you're accomplished at one, you should have a chance to be accomplished in the other. Um, I'll leave other people to judge whether I was any good or better in one or better at the other. Uh, the biggest transition for me was going from basketball to baseball. 
especially during the days when I was doing UNLV's games, and they were, it was pretty intense at the end of those seasons. And normally uh, they'd wind up in the postseason either in the NC2A or the NIT. So there's a real intensity. And now you go to spring training where it's really laid back. You have to pull back a little bit. But um, I think of the three, uh, there was more intensity for football, Chris, because everything, and, you know, now you're involved with the Raiders broadcast where you'd, the whole week would build up to football. And I think the kind of the, the amount of energy it takes to do a football game, um, I think that might might have been the most intense. Uh, you know, basketball, uh, you're right there, and, it, you know, you, it takes about a half hour to memorize the names and the numbers, and you do the game. Um, I've always said this, and it, it may sound a little uh, self-indulgent, I guess, in a way, that, that baseball is the greatest test of a broadcaster's ability to communicate because of all the downtime. And I think that's one reason why uh, baseball was Bill's favorite sport to broadcast, because um, if you can't communicate, if you can't articulate, if you haven't done your homework, if you don't have a command of the language, then I think, uh, at least in radio, uh, doing baseball, you're going to get exposed. Yeah, and, and I just think, the thing, when I always think of B- Bill King, I always think of the call, and he tells John Madden to get his big butt off the field. <laughs> Get your big butt off the field. He does. Uh, I had to ask Madden about that when I was writing my book about Bill. <laughs> you know, I'm interviewing Madden, and I said, so how did it, you know, what did you think when you heard the the replay of that and you heard Bill say, get your big butt off the field? <laughs> he was great. He was in good humor, so uh, that was really cool. You know, the one thing about the book that I, I think about for you is really you got a chance to interview some of the biggest names in the history of sports, whether we're talking baseball, we're talking about NFL, we're talking about NBA. That had to be such a thrill for you to to, to sit down with these Hall of Fame, some of the biggest names of all time. Yeah, thanks, Chris. It it really was. I didn't I didn't set out to do it. It was almost by accident because I wanted to tell Bill's story, but Bill's story was so woven into the history of the Bay Area. And there are people that forget that Bill worked on the Giants broadcast beginning in 59. They did Cal football and basketball on the radio. So his, it, it was impossible for me to separate Bill's history from uh, the history of Bay Area sports. And they're both so rich and intertwined. So it kind of evolved into me thinking that, you know, this is kind of a little bit of a, of a Bay Area sports history and to a certain degree uh, a little bit of a cultural history, too. Once you get put into a Hall of Fame, they can never take it away from you. Congratulations. <laughs> Well-deserved. And now I can call you, not only can I call you the voice of summer, but I can call you HOF. This kind of stuff happens when you get older, Chris. But <laughs> I do appreciate it. It's, it's, I'm, I'm really thrilled. And I think that, you know, the, the best thing about it was hearing from so many people, uh, friends and, and coworkers and people I've worked with. And, uh, you know, that, that has been the, the really, truly uh, the best part of this honor, but and, and yourself included. So I appreciate it, man. All right. The big reward for you is you don't have to do pregame today. You're off. I love it. All right, buddy. I, I, Thanks, I, will, I will talk to you in the third. Thanks, Chris. Well, it's now time for the Bob Melvin Show here on A's Cast as Bob comes to us from Houston, Texas. Bob, we always appreciate you taking the time. And, of course, the Bob Melvin Show is brought to you by nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. How you doing, Bob? I'm doing good. Looking forward to uh, get, getting on with another game today after last night. 
Yeah, it's kind of been uh, – it's tough because you had that really grueling series in Minnesota where that was like a a heavyweight prize fight. It felt like postseason baseball. And you play those really tough four games, and then here come the Houston Astros at home. Do you think your team was just a little mentally fried after the twin series? Uh, yes and no. And, and, and that's, that's a good observation. And I knew that going in that when we went and played the twins, you, you expand a lot of energy and, and you use your bullpen a lot. Uh, it's a team that hits a lot of home runs and scores a lot of runs. And you know, you're going to have to use some, use some guys. And on top of that, it's a four game series and they all were close games and it just takes a little bit out of you. It's almost like we took a bunch of body blows and here we have to come play the, the Astros right after that. So just the way the game is, just the way the schedule is sometimes. And, uh, you know, I don't know that it benefited us, yet we move on to today. And I think about the game against the Astros where you gave up 11 runs and you gave up a ton of runs early. And just the reality is, Bob, they're a really good team. They have a, you, you guys are a really good team. They're a really good team. Just talk about the talent that the Astros have. No, they do. And, you, and you, I, I think they have the best roster. And I'm not talking about any – you know, our team, but I think the teams that we play, they have the best roster up and down. They have the best bullpen. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're all righties, but they have righties and get lefties out. They certainly have some big name starters that get your attention. And then they have a lineup. that's pretty relentless. And, um, you know, you, you, you add a guy like Alvarez to the, to their lineup and it almost doesn't seem fair, but, uh, you know, it's a team that score a lot of runs and they have great pitching. So they're, they're a handful. I've always wondered as a manager, you've got to think about so many different things. And when the game starts to be a blowout, how much does it go through your mind where you start have to making decisions, not just about the game in front of you, but you have to start thinking about the next couple days? Right. And you know what? It, it, last night actually ended up being an easy one. It's not, it's not great to see us get beaten. Our fans don't want to see us get blown out early in the game, but it did allow us to rest some guys that have been playing a lot and went through a hard four game series. So, you know, when you're, when you're down 11 runs after three innings, the, the outcome is, you know, is pretty much there for you. Uh, you know, it, it's easier to digest a game like that than it is, a, you know, going down to the last pitch of a game and losing. So, you know, we were able to rest some guys and then, you know, we add a little levity at the end with, with Martini in the game. And then it's just a little bit easier to move on to the next day. So uh, that's a good question. And, you know, we, we were thinking about days ahead where our bullpen was so taxed. We were only going to have limited guys yesterday on the plus side of it. And, maybe a little bit of a benefit that we didn't have to use those guys. You know, one thing that, that has really changed in the game, and years ago we got taught a four-seam fastball and a two-seam fastball that had a lot more movement. And over the years, people really got away from the straight four-seam fastball. But now it seems to be back in vogue. And we saw Garrett Cole last night, and right now he's trending with his four-seam fastball and strikeouts to be one of the top years ever in the history of baseball. Can you talk about how that pitch, the straight four-seam fastball up in the zone, has really come back into baseball? Well, it has, and the strike zone has moved up. So it's no longer bottom of the knee. And when I played, a lot of times even lower than that. And if you ever want to speed games up, that's all you have to do is start calling that low strike again. Um, but the strike zone has moved up. So if you throw 95-plus, and you throw the ball and know exactly where the top of the strike zone is, it's almost impossible to get to a guy like Cole. You really just have to try to take it. 
and get him to come down in the zone. Hopefully the umpire's not giving it to him up there. Uh, when you throw that hard and you know where it is, it's very difficult to deal with a guy like that. So you're exactly right. You know, you're looking at spin rates now and on the fastball, and if it's up in the zone at a high velocity, it's really difficult to deal with, and you see a lot of guys going to that now. And a guy that's been fantastic for you who likes to pitch up in the zone is Mike Fires. He hasn't lost since May 1st in Boston. Just talk about what this veteran has done for not only you every five days, but also from a leadership role with the staff. Absolutely. And with Frankie Montas going down, you, you need somebody like him, a veteran guy to lead the way. And, you know, you talk about him pitching at the top of the zone, and he does, but he does it with 90 miles an hour. So he's got some late life to it. He creates a, a, a pretty good spin rate with his four-seamer, even though it's not at a high velocity. And it's got some late jump to it. Uh, when the ball is getting into the hitting zone and he gets a lot of outs up there and throwing his curveball kind of off that, uh, you know, that, that look for a hit or two, you know, he pitches up and down very well, a little different than Cole and that he doesn't throw a hundred miles an hour, but he's effective up there. And, you know, since probably since his first three or four starts of the season, he's been as good as anybody in the American league. And boy, it's been a welcome sight for us knowing that we have a guy that goes out there to lead the day lead the way and give us innings and and also give the bullpen a little bit of a rest yeah it just seems so valuable when you do come off like a really tough series like you did against minnesota and really you know the last couple outings between mingden and bailey they haven't been able to go deep in games it's almost like you look at this veteran and go you have to go deep in this game yeah i mean you count on one or two guys and and you know he's been that guy for us consistently all year long and you know, even in an age where you look at the Astros and, and whether it's Verlander or it's Cole, usually it's just six innings and, you know, six innings and right around 100 pitches and you get those guys out and you go to the bullpen. So, um, you know, he's been able to give us a little bit more than that. Sometimes he's given us, you know, seven innings and, and obviously in the no hitter gave us a complete game. So, you know, every five days you need you need somebody that's able to do that. Chris Davis has not been able to hit the ball out of the ballpark. He hasn't been the same since he ran into the wall in Pittsburgh. I, I know I asked David Force this question. I'll ask you the same question. How much is he just gutting it out right now for his for his teammates? He is. And, you know, he's starting to get some better swings. He's starting to get after it a little bit more with his swings. And, you know, he's driving in some runs. And I think the next thing that comes is a home run. You know, it's it, it's so evident, and, and everybody sees it so clearly because he's been about as consistent as anybody in baseball uh, as far as the power goes in the home runs. And, you know, for a month or so, it's, it hasn't been there, and it shows up because he's been so good. But we've had some guys pick him up. We've had some guys pick up the slack for him. We've won some games, and it's not going to be long before he starts hitting the ball the ballpark again because he is healthy. And once that happens, then our offense is going to be – obviously a lot better, but, you know, you can't rely on one guy all the time, and I think the rest of the guys have been picking up the slack pretty well for him. Ramon Laureano is the American League Player of the Week, and his six-game stretch was just unbelievable, obviously the best in the American League. Are are, are we starting to see a guy that someday we're going to be calling one of the top players in the game, like a superstar player? I do, and, and, you know, we saw it really quickly last year and a guy that came out of the pack. I don't even know if he was considered one of our top prospects. You know, we knew when we got him in the Astros, and as far as the coaching staff goes, when we saw him in spring training, we really knew we had a guy. Unfortunately, he got hit in the hand and hurt, 
and then came to us late in the season last year, and he was really good. And, you know, started out a little bit slow this year because he had to make some adjustments that the league made to him. Uh, but now he's made those adjustments, and you're seeing a guy that's going to be a prominent player, in my opinion. And I think you talk about, you know, top three or four center fielders in, in the American League, and I think he's already one of those guys. You've moved him up in the order. You've moved Chris Davis down. When you go about this every single day, and I'm sure this is something that, like, you think about even when you're going to sleep at night, the construction of a lineup and how you go from one to nine, what is it for you on a daily basis that just kind of picking your brain the decisions that you make to make this lineup every day? Well, you know, it's a little different now because we're starting to get into a, a lineup that, for the most part, you're seeing every day. And for us, over the years, it's been mix and match and playing hot hands and trying to get the guys up there on a particular day that maybe have the best chance against the starter. Where now we're seeing a little bit more of a consistent lineup, and the players like that. They they like knowing where they're going to hit, and and they like being in there on a consistent basis. So uh, I think that it's a little easier on our guys right now. Now Chris Davis is going to be back in the four hole at some point in time, and then you know you'll see Cannon and Loriano a little bit lower. Uh, maybe not Loriano, but uh, you know we're just kind of waiting for Chris to get going, and then you'll see the stability of the lineup again. But you know, it's, it takes a lot of communication when talking to the players about the lineup when you do mix and match, lefty, righty, starter. Uh, guys are they're maybe swinging a little bit better. Uh, it takes a little bit more communication as opposed to what we're doing right now where it's basically kind of the same lineup and certainly the same guys one through six. Does the modern-day player accept it more when you communicate them, communicate with them about the numbers and why you're doing it versus like, Years ago, players, uh, they weren't down for that. Does the modern-day player take it better because the numbers are what they are? You know, it's probably a better question for them, but I think so. The more you communicate with them, and, and the way I try to frame it is, look, I'm trying to keep you off your bad matchups. If I can keep you off your bad matchups and put you on your good matchups, the at-bats may be a little bit lower, but the production is going to be just as good and, and fewer at-bats, so it's going to look better average-wise, too. And these guys understand when they go to arbitration, numbers have a lot to do with how they get paid. So uh, that's kind of the way I try to frame it to them. And it's just kind of the business of baseball right now. So I think the more you can communicate with these guys, the better that they're able to take it, understand it, and, and able to prepare as well. Bob, we always appreciate the time. Good luck the rest of the series, and we'll see you back here at the Coliseum. My pleasure. Hope to see you soon. Bob Melvin Show brought to you by nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. Of course, the owner of nestbedding.com is a huge A's fan, so always support him. Nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.